Alright, alright. Welcome to 36th episode of the Drop Pass podcast. And today, my friend, we have another great episode ahead of us. Since this week, once again, we will have another guest appearing on the show. Since in just a few minutes, I'm going to introduce you to a double world champion and my former teammate from across the Atlantic Ocean. But before that, we have a few things to go through, so sit tight, we will get to that once we've gone through the most notable interactions from the past week. Starting off with the mother of all news bombs, Tom Brady will be back with the Bucks next season. I guess he wants another ringer on his finger because that retirement didn't last too long. I gotta admit that only the thought of not having Brady on the field felt extremely weird since he has manhandled the league for the past 10 years. So who was going to fill that void in the league? Maybe Mahomes in a few years, but he's still missing six more rings. And until he claims at least two more, we don't have to bother with this topic because the GOAT is the GOAT and he can't be replaced just like that, plain and simple. Anyways, great news for the Buccaneers and for the entire league to have its cover boy back in action next season. We also found out the next matchups for the UCL quarterfinals and I gotta say the predictions went pretty sideways for the round of 16 so... Maybe at this point I don't throw out any predictions for the remaining games and just focus on keeping my mouth shut and enjoy the best games of the European football season. Last teams to make it to the quarterfinals were Atletico Madrid, Benfica, Chelsea and Villarreal. Juve got absolutely pummeled in their home turf last Wednesday and got eliminated from the competition. The Dark Horse squad, Ajax, also got beat by the Portuguese side by one goal. Chelsea easily made its way to the next round. And lastly, Man U missed their chance to advance to the quarterfinals by giving away one goal in the second leg. In the quarterfinals, the matchups will be Benfica versus Liverpool, Villarreal versus Bayern München, Man City versus Atletico, and lastly, the most anticipated matchup between Chelsea and Real Madrid. Pool, Bayern, City and Chelsea. We move. On the hockey front, we witnessed a couple major Finnish milestones as both Mikko Koivu and Pekkarinen got their jerseys raised to the rafters of both Excel Energy Center and Bridgestone Arena. And I know that Rinne's jersey retirement ceremony happened weeks ago, but... Since I heard that Koivu will have his night as well, I decided to postpone the acknowledgement until both guys had had their moments. Two legends of Finnish ice hockey and two guys that represented their country on the international ice as well and deserved their nights in Nashville and Minnesota. Rinne, one of the best goalies ever out of Finland and certainly the best netminder that has ever played for the Preds. While Mikko Koivu is the embodiment of a leader and has a place inside the hearts of the Wild fans. True professionals 
and it was only a matter of time once the numbers 9 and 35 were frozen for their respective teams. Not much else needs to be said, amazing careers for both, unfortunately no cuffs for these warriors, but legacies that are certainly followed by many young players that have witnessed the greatness of these two. I tip my cap. Lastly, before we head to our interview with the Roomba, I'm going to do a full coverage on the trade deadline once it is dealt with, so for this week I'm just quickly going to mention the biggest extensions that we've seen during the past couple of weeks and ignore the deals that have gone down thus far. Jared McCann pretty much kicked things off on March 8th as he signed a nice 5-year extension with 5 million cap hit with the Kraken and a few days later, as I mentioned in the previous episode, Rasmus Ristolainen inked similar sheet with the Flyers and even though I love the deal as a fin to see Risto earning his paycheck, you gotta admit that that's a brutal overpayment for his current services. Things haven't gone smoothly in Philly for him or for the team, so it is mesmerizing to see Fletcher fixing these kinds of deals ahead of a retool or even a complete rebuild. The stupid ain't the one who asks, but the one who pays, and in this case, Fletcher made a total fool of himself by agreeing to this, but all props to Risto's agent for negotiating a hefty paycheck for himself. But now we're done with that, so we will move on. Next up was Joe Pavelski's turn to get paid, as he signed a one-year extension with the Stars with a 5.5 million cap hit. And with his output, that's a bargain, and if he's able to keep up his pace next year alongside his teammates Robertson and Hintz, he's going to be one of the most underpaid players in the NHL, hands down. If they could get some tax reductions from Sagan's and Ben's contracts, they might have something for the next year, but until that happens, they are facing a battle to stay afloat in the competitive Western Conference. Also, the Avs signed Pavel Francouz to a two-year extension with a flat 2 million cap hit, and most recently Thomas Hurdle decided to remain in San Jose as he signed a tasty plus 8 million deal with the Sharks for the next eight years, and so checked himself out of my trade paid list. He's very deserving of his deal, and in my mind he's currently one of the most underrated players in the league, partly because of the market he plays in and also because he's excellent in the defensive zone as well, which doesn't draw as much attention as his offensive skills. Nevertheless, great deal for the Sharks as well as for Hurdle, but overall until they get rid of Vlasic's contract, they are in deep waters, which on the hindsight won't be that bothersome after all since they have time to develop their young guns and gather more resources for the future. And the final deal of the episode is going to involve the Canes as they signed their off-season acquisition Jesperi Kotkaniemi to an 8-year deal carrying a 4.82 million cap hit. And I have to give some credit to Don Waddell for this deal since it shows some real balls to sign pretty much an unproven youngster to an 8-year deal. And in a case where Kotkanemi doesn't reach his full potential, that's not completely a movable contract, but as well, if he really steps 
up his game that's going to be a total bargain for the Canes going forward I was really surprised by this deal but like I said pretty decent business going down there in North Carolina but now it is time to head to our interview so grab some snacks and go get yourself a nice cold one while we head to meet our next visitor so without further ado let's get going Once again, ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived to a point where I have the honor to introduce another guest for you. And this time we are going to travel across the pond and have our first National League representative on board for the following plus 45 minutes. Our today's guest started his journey in Northern Finland, but once he stretched about 50 centimeters in one year, he moved down a few hundred kilometers and joined my hometown team, Kalpa, where I had the pleasure of serving as his Robin at times on our blue line. This Slenderman on skates was drafted in the fifth round by the St. Louis Blues in 2015 draft. And during that same year, he was also crowned as the U20 world champion. Keep the change. A few years later, he made his way to North America while also grabbing home men's gold medal in 2019 World Championships. Not a big deal. He has broken into one of the strongest decors in the league and is on his way to most productive season of his young NHL career. This guy used to rip me for playing under two-minute shifts and has always been a tough player to play against, especially in the defensive zone. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome our next guest, and my former D partner from St. Louis, Missouri. Please welcome the world champion, number 77, Nico Mikkola. Tuluke kahto. Long time no see. How's life in St. Louis? Uh, thanks, Janne. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's good so far. Are you still reminding Pareko to stay on the ice? as well or is that in the past already uh, i think that's a past like i i let him do his own own thing on us so i got nothing to say about that yeah i get it let's kick things off by going over your youth career so for all the listeners could you lay down some bits from your early career oh so, yeah uh, i was playing in in my hometown, Oulu Karapat, and I was playing there until I was 16 years old. And I moved to the Kuopio, and that was like pretty, pretty big, big thing at that age, and kind of like big change for me to move alone, move alone. But yeah. All right. You pretty much only spent one year in both the U20 and U18 levels before moving to Liga. So what exactly happened during those years and what were the key components of such a search? Uh, I think the biggest thing was for sure I was uh, getting taller and I was growing up at that time and getting bigger. And that's that was the like 
maybe the biggest thing, but also there were good, good like coaches and all the teammates were like welcoming me in on the on the team and I was also studying at the, that time, so it was kind of easy to go there and that became my second home. Yeah, it was tight knit group back then. Yeah. Um, did you make any drastic changes to your training routines through those years? And have there been any certain individuals who you give credit for being part of that process? Or was it fully self-made? Uh, mostly like maybe it's self-made because I was living alone and I was young. So I was only like one goal to be to became like a pro hockey player at that time. And that was my biggest goal. So I think it's more like a mentality thing to choose that you want to become that and just work for it. Yeah, that's exactly what you have to do. I'm a pest, so I quit. You had a tremendous 2014-2015 season in the U20 level, and you also got your first taste of professional action, which eventually led to GM Armstrong deciding to pick you in the fifth round of the 2015 draft. Did you have a vision that you were going to be picked, and did you have any idea when and which teams were interested in your services? Uh, yeah, that was big. Big year for me, and I got to play like 10 games in the Finnish Pro League, and and the season was pretty good for me. And uh, during the season, I got like maybe 10 teams, 10 NHL teams interviewing me, and I was expecting to someone to pick me, but I was the that was my second year on the draft, so I wasn't waiting for two high peaks but yeah I, i knew there were a couple teams who wanted me so any like specific teams that you maybe hope for to draft you or was it whatever whoever picks me i'm going yeah it's more like if someone picks me i'm i'm gonna be happy so it it didn't matter at the, that time who's gonna pick me and i'm glad the blues blues did it Yeah, for sure. Did you watch the draft or how did you eventually find it out? And what were the initial feelings after getting the first phone call from the States? And who called you? Uh, yeah, I was actually out with my boys at that time. And it's kind of a midsummer in Finland at that time. So uh, my agent just called me to be ready to answer your phone if someone's gonna pick pick you and uh, Armstrong the blues GM called me in the middle of the I think it's like evening I, I can't remember what time was it but he called me and said welcome to the St. Louis Blues it has to be pretty exciting to Doug Armstrong has your number and is calling you yeah that was pretty pretty big moment well moving along In your journey, you made the jump to professional ice and had a very solid rookie campaign right from the get-go. So how big of a leap that was and how did you cope with the professional environment during the first year? Yeah, I was able to uh, practice with the men's group in the summer and 
last year so i knew the guys and they were welcoming me and the team like pretty well and and the coach was pekka virta and he was kind of tough guy and teach me a lot of like to be a pro and and how you don't get like anything free and you need to work for it and as i say like i'm gonna take a top six role in this this team and he just told me to show that and so i just worked hard and wanted to take the spot so it has paid dividends since what do you think took the most time to adjust to yeah like uh the guys are bigger and stronger on the league so that was like maybe the main thing to have a get more stronger and so i can be able to battle with the guys and defense well and so uh, it was a lot of a lot of work and a lot of like learning learning how to be a pro and how to play a pro hockey but Pekka Virta was I think an excellent coach for me at that time. Did you have any problems with consistency for example did you have to adjust your game to professional ice and to perform on a nightly basis related to junior leagues? Yeah of course you can turn the puck over all the time like you don't think think that much on the juniors but in in pro hockey you you need to be smart like when there's time to make a play you can make a play but there's also times you need to just dump the puck and or eat the puck and that was yeah that, that's gonna take some time and games but that's why you have a coaches to tell you what to do and it's it's a learning process yeah for sure I also gotta ask, where did you get your nickname, Tolu? Uh, yeah, that was my first summer in the Finnish league, and they were playing D-man called Antti Halonen, and he thought I was I was the other guy whose nickname is Tolu. So he just called me Tolu like first couple of weeks, and he didn't even notice I wasn't the same guy. So that's where it came from. And the other guy was right-handed as well, so <laughs> that's pretty mind-boggling. Yeah, exactly. And don't worry, I'm not going to pass this topic since, of course, that year we also got to witness the third gold medal from the World Juniors and to top it off as the host nation. So what kind of an experience was that event and how big of a deal that was to you personally? Yeah, of course, huge. Huge tournament for me and great memories on that tournament. I was like, that was my first national team tourney and I was just lucky to that we were able to play in Helsinki in a home country and and I just remember all the fans and all, all the people in Finland were like kind of living with us with the team and that was like that that was huge yeah I can remember trying to like be part of the team even though I wasn't playing but I watched all the games and it was especially exciting to watch the guys that I played with so That brought like an extra element to that whole thing. Yeah, exactly. We had a, also like great players on that team. When you look look the names right now, where they're playing and in with what roles they are playing on the their teams and uh, but it was just great to have like kind of like a bigger bigger crowd. What you used to used to play and more pressure because you know everybody is watching watching the game in Finland and just warm memories. What emotions? ran through your head when Gasperi scored that overtime winner in the finals? Uh, uh, it was pretty 
pretty hectic, hectic at the moment. So you just jump on the ice and throw your gloves and sticks, helmet, and just celebrate. And you don't think it, uh, think the feeling too much. You just go with the flow and enjoying. But yeah, the game was pretty tight. We were almost winning on the winning the game, but they were able to come back on the last 10 seconds and it went overtime. So it was kind of nerve wracking on the overtime. But thank God, Casper for that goal. Did you feel at that moment that you on the whole Helsinki? <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe a moment. For a brief moment, you were the governor of Helsinki. Yeah. Um, you had some other studs on the team as well, like you said. For example, Line Pulley and Aho, all top three in scoring. So, as a player inside that locker room, how would you describe that group of guys and what that experience gave you moving forward? Yeah, very like always in the Finnish national teams, it's always a tight group. And we know we had the talent, like that line, what you just said. It was like unreal to watch those guys playing. And you always trust they, if the upper end is going to score against you, they're going to show up and score a couple more. So we have a very good talent on that team. So it was a tight group. So it was great experience. Yeah, it must be comforting to have that kind of line as your first line to know that you can always outscore the opposing team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like you just watch those guys to do their magic and they did. Indeed. Great times, gotta be honest. Next year, though, you continued to march forward and made your presence really known in the legal level. Also racked up 89 pims in the process on your way to the finals. Did you feel at that point that you were only in the beginning of your journey and what were your feelings after such a dramatic ending to your season? Yeah, that was my second full year in Gallup and I felt pretty confident that I'm gonna take a bigger role on that year and we had a good team on that year and we know we can make it a long run on the playoffs and so yeah, we went to finals and we were underdogs and we were winning on two first games but Uh, Tapper came back and they won the series the sixth game in our home arena. So it was, you don't want to have that feeling when you lose the finals, you're so close. It's also like you're almost tasting the win, but someone's taking that from you and you're just getting more hungry. It was heartbreaking to see. But after that season, you made a drastic move where you changed to a team that had beat you in the finals that the year prior. Did you feel like you needed one more solid season in Finland before your move to North America or how that whole move came about? Yeah, that was our plan with the agents uh, to play one more year in Finland and just to be more ready for the North America at that time. And uh, I didn't have a contract on the next year and I got a couple options, so I choose to go to Tampere, Tappara, and that's a, like one of the biggest teams in the organizations on the Finland. So I wanted to go there, and coach wanted to meet on his team, and that was just, I think that was a good choice to have a, like a little different environment and maybe a little bit more like pressure. Completely understand. Just one step above the previous team, and then headed to North America, as I said. After that year, you made the jump across the pond when you signed your ELC. So what expectations did you have for that year? And did it take time to adjust to North American play style? Yeah, uh, 
of course it took some time I, it's smaller rink over here and i think it took like whole year to get used to it and things are happening faster and in AHL it's the game is more like a individuals and there's not that much system on the game so it was kind of like getting used to it the whole year but it was still like pretty good year for me yeah that gotta take some time to adjust to Faster play style when you when your head turns before your legs do. So I get what you mean. Um, was the amount of games shocked to you, and did you have to make any major adjustments to training and preparation, for example? I didn't feel that well. Like uh, there's a little bit more games at the, than in Finland, but it was more like the playing the games. But also there's those three games in a row in AHL, so that was kind of new. And and on the third game, you were always pretty gassed. So There were not that much difference on the on that point, but mostly on the game and the small ring was the like new thing for me. Yeah. Now that you've spent some time overseas, how big of a difference is it between European leagues and the top leagues in NA overall? Because you've played in CHL as well, so you've seen the top teams in, for example, Sweden. So how big of a difference is there? Yeah. Like I said, for me and probably for everybody, it's the ring size. It's smaller, and so that's why everything is happening faster. And I think the players are a little bit faster over here. And that's, I think, it's the biggest thing compared to Finland. When you moved to North America and more specifically San Antonio for the first year, was there a player that took you under his wing right as you moved to the States? I would guess you were pretty tight with Villa Husso right from the start, but were there any others along the way as well? Yeah, Husso was the closest because my English wasn't the best at the time. It's not the perfect right now either. But uh, so we were living in the, with the Hus like with the same apartment complex. So that was helpful. But there were also the like older guys, Chris Butler, who just showing the ways how the things work in the North America hockey on the ice and off the ice also so i think he was the he was also the guy who helped me okay that's good to hear then we arrive to a major point of your career or even perhaps the biggest one the 2019 world championships could you tell us what kind of experience was that and actually how long did you guys celebrate that victory <laughs> yeah uh that was some unreal experience uh, I think that was the like the best team I ever played. Uh yeah, that was I was black ace on the blues and and that year and I wasn't gonna gonna play any games. So Jerry called me if, if I was able to come to play on the birds and I was pretty excited right away and I wanted to go there and, and our team say like you can go if you wanna go and I went for it. But yeah, how long we celebrate? Uh maybe a week, took a week about that, but it was it was pretty fun. I guess it wasn't a big decision on staying in St. Louis or going overseas to play in the world championships. But have you had any regrets regarding that year? Because your team won the Stanley Cup after all. So it was pretty much the trade-off between the world champs and the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's that's true. But I feel like if you win something, you want to be a part of that. So I didn't have any games on that year in in itself, and I was I wasn't going to play any games. I don't think so in the playoffs. So I don't I don't regret anything. Like I wanted to go in the world world champions, and we we were able to win that tournament. So I'm happy happy for that. 
Two goals and three apples in 10 games in that tournament. Second highest amongst Finnish defensemen. How big of a momentum booster that tournament was for you? Since you probably noticed that you really could battle against the best players in the world in that tournament. Yeah, it was a huge boost for sure. Like I didn't get any NHL games at that year and I felt like uh, I could play on that level and play against the top players on, on the world. So I got... I got the chance to play against those on the words. So that was a good tournament for me and like play against Sweden, uh, Russia, Canada and see all those guys who are playing on the top level in the NHL. It was like a big thing for me and big like boost on my confidence to see I can play against those guys. Yeah. World champ, ladies and gentlemen, as I said. After that, you headed back to Missouri, but ended up playing most of the season in the AHL. But did you feel like you were ready to face the NHL at that point? Or what were your thoughts after such a successful tournament? I got pretty high expectations when I came at the training camp. and But it, it was kind of a tough situation because the team were winning the first Stanley Cup champions. So it's it's hard to make it on the roster because like all the all the guys on the team were, were still there. And it was kind of disappointing, but I was uh, I knew it was probably coming. So, yeah, must have been a hard situation where you think that you are able to make it to the big league, but you have such a stacked top six that it's pretty hard to make that jump from the A, but it paid out eventually. Yeah. Was it different to play for a team in Texas, which is mostly known for their love for football or did that passion carry over to hockey arena as well yeah i was actually kind of surprised we had so many fans over there and people actually loved hockey and we were playing on the same same rink while san antonio spruce use and it's a big rink so we had a lot of fans fans also and it was just great city to play it so like warm weather and i think that yeah it was just a great place to play do you think That might be one of the possible hockey markets for the next expansion. Or is it other question? Uh, I don't know. It, it could be. Like, there's a lot of people who want to see the hockey in, over there. And I think it would be pretty good. Did you have the time to catch any college games? No, I didn't watch any college games. I only only went for one Spurs game and the, at that time. So that was my only different sport, sport in Texas. 100% hockey player. How could you describe the AHL hockey for European hockey fans? Uh, it's a good league. Uh, a lot of good players, like top six and the forwards are like could play in the NHL, but they haven't found their roles in the team. And it's it's fast, heavy, and but there's not that much system like compared to NHL or, or European hockey. So, but overall, it's it's pretty highly competitive league. Yeah. That year, you also got your debut up top. So tell us a little about that. Any nerves going in or was it just smooth sailing all the way through? Uh, yeah, I was... I was waiting for that a long time. Uh, that was my second call up when I got my first first game. And it was in here in San Luis and against San Jose. And I wasn't too nervous. And also the guys were just telling me to enjoy the night. It's, it's a special night. So just play hockey and enjoy. So I just took the advice and play, played some hockey. 
heard it here first. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on your first goal. Bullet to the top TD from the point against the Sharks. So did you tell Tarasenko to go get the puck or how that exchange went exactly? Yeah, I don't know about the bullet though, but uh, yeah, it was just Tarasenko passed me the puck on the blue line and I just tried to get the shot on the net and it, it took a couple bounces and in. And I, I remember when the Tarasenko just looked me and asked me, was that the first one? And I was like, yeah. And he says, why you didn't celebrate her? I was like, I didn't, but I can't remember who picked the puck, but I got it eventually. Well, that year was pretty much the pivotal point of your career, since after that season, you earned your one-way ticket to Blues back end and haven't looked back since. Do you feel blessed playing in the best league in the world alongside the world-class players, or is it just a job for you at this point? Of course, I feel blessed. Yeah, it was my goal to play some someday in the NHL and try to enjoy every every moment I've been here and just play hockey. And uh, I know it's my job. And someday when when the things are not going well, then it's more a job than fun. But usually, I, you just love to play hockey. So, so it's just my dream. Like I've been always dreaming about it. So I just enjoy the moment and I hope I get a couple more years at least. We hope that as well. Can you remember the moment you realized that the NHL gates weren't that far away after all? And how big of a step that it was to you to make it to the NHL mentally? Yeah, it's always a big battle. And I think it's still like you're always battling for the roster spot and the lineup to stay in the lineup. So I don't know. It's it's hard to say like I'm I'm the NHL player right now, but you always want to be better and you always want to get more. And I'm not ha- happy like how I play every night. And that's why I want to get better and get more and get more ice time. And it's always, it's always a battle. Yeah, it's a daily competition in St. Louis since you got pretty promising guys coming up as well. So yeah, exactly. You can't just lay on your laurels when you got Jake Wallman and Scott Perunovic coming right after you. So yeah, like I said, it's it's a competition all the time inside the team to, for the roster spot, and you just try to try to make your case every night. Well, you are on a roll right now and having the best year of your career. So I gotta ask, what's the ceiling at this point? What does the future hold for? number 77 i mean new big fat sheet in the off season that's for sure but other than that what are your future goals uh uh it's hard to say you never know but like i i hope so i get the deal done after this season and i'm happy to play in the san luis blues so i don't mind to stay here longer time and just try to get better every year get more ice time and that's that's about it constant improvement yes that's what is needed in the top level few more things i gotta ask you before we head to the last part of the episode first off do you enjoy scrapping or is that just part of the game for you because at least i've enjoyed seeing you drop the gloves and i can remember that i was fired up when i first saw you drop the gloves against comtois in st louis that's my game that's my style of style of how i play the game uh getting in the people and playing hard and defensively so sometimes the guys get pissed on me and uh there's a couple cross checks and it's just sometimes you need to answer the belt too so it's just hockey and I, i like that i like to play hard so i don't mind if the guys are hitting me hard so i just give it back 
preparing some knuckle sandwiches. Do you have time to shoot the shit with other fins during the season or is it just straight up business for you guys? Yeah, we sometimes we just say hi on the games and just a couple words. But after the games, if I know someone, I we have a little chat on the locker room, like outside of the locker room. So, so it's always nice to see some Finns and speak some Finnish. So yeah, I also know a lot of lot of guys who's playing here and been playing with them in the national teams. So it's it's nice to have a little catch and catch up. For sure. Also, I gotta ask you about your locker room. Who are like the biggest characters there and how would you describe them? For example, I imagine that O'Reilly and Bennington are pretty different personalities. So if you could give like a swift sneak peek to your locker room, that would be awesome. Who is the DJ and so forth? Uh, of course, the leader is uh, O'Reilly. He's the captain, and but he's a little, little bit like he's not the loudest guy, and but he's leading his way, like on the ice, and when he's speaking, everybody's listening to him. And uh, the DJ is Braden Sen. He's a great guy and great team guy, like kind of like clue guy on our team. And David Perron, he's the he's the loud guy. Try to make a good jokes, but I don't know. Are those very good? But it's just bringing some life, though. How's Shen's music taste? What do you think of that? Uh, I like it. It's it's good. Like in the practice days, it's more like a easier music, like a, some country and rock and like slow rock. And in the games, we usually listen to some like techno with the volume pretty pretty high. So it's it's good mix. Sounds good. Lastly, outside of hockey, how do you spend your off season? And do you have any other specialities related to sports or other activities when you are not on the ice? Yeah, I spend my off season in uh, my hometown Oulu, and I just play some golf and uh, pickleball and paddle, and those are kind of like the sports I used to play. But also like training just on the off ice and on ice. So that's about it. Okay. Do you have like a certain group of players that you train with or do you train by yourself? Yeah, we have a good group, like pretty big group. There's uh, our NHL guys practicing with us, like Aho, Puliervi, Nutivara, uh, Kuokkanen, and a lot of guys. Like So big group and we just we always have a good good summer and fun time. That sounds like a bunch of guys that know how to train. That's for sure. Um, Then we head to last part of our episode. And the first section will be the snapshots. I don't know if you heard of it, but these are quick kind of questions and we need like rapid answers as well. So you need to be on your toes with this one. Are you ready? I think so. All right. So the first one, off the glass or tape to tape? Off the glass. Favorite book? Um, Selan. Song that first comes to your mind from your youth days. Uh, some some Finnish music, maybe Eppu Normale. Some some song on that. That's a great answer. Favorite restaurant in St. Louis? Uh, Louis. What what type of place? It's, yeah, it's a kind of Ita- Italian spot. Very good food. Great pasta, I presume. Yeah, yeah. There's great pasta and steaks and. That's, I think that's my favorite place. All right. Best chirper on your team? I would say Krug. Is he a loud mouth? Uh, not very often, but when he does, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Favorite holiday destination? Uh, Finland. Good answer. The Michigan or between the legs? Uh, between the legs. 
I can't do it on Michigan though. I guess you know why I asked this. Player you idolized growing up? Um, Kimmo Timonen and Janne Niinima. One from Kuopio and one from Oulu. Favorite sport outside of hockey? Um, golf. And last one, your celebrity crush? Uh, Ma- Margaret Robbie. That's pretty common answer. All right, we are done with the snapshots. And then we had to last section of this interview, the trifecta. So there are three different scenarios and you need to select three of your former or present teammates to be your partner in each category and only one for each so choose wisely the three scenarios are two-week hiking trip to norwegian mountain range number two road trip across the states by car and the third one your travel guide to bangkok and brief explanations are needed as well okay uh I think the first one I would pick a Colton Pareko because he's the beast. So if I'm getting tired, he can just carry me during the uh, on the mountains. So I think that's an easy choice. And the road trip, uh, uh, maybe I took Portuso because he knows the roads better than I do here. So I don't know. That's a pretty tough one. And the last one was the was it the Bangkok? Yeah, your travel guide to Bangkok. And also remember, you can select your former teammates as well. Okay. Yeah, I choose you, Janne, because I don't know. That's pretty. That's pretty weird. Weird to go there. I wouldn't. That that wouldn't be my first destination. But if you know better, I I choose you. Yeah, I can tell you. I'm. I've never been to Bangkok, so I would be a horrible travel guide. But I will take the trip with you. So I will accept that invitation. Yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah, for sure. But that's pretty much a wrap for this episode. A big thank you to you, Nico, for participating. I gotta say that it's been cool experience to see you guys blossoming in the NHL. And look back at the times when I used to skate alongside you in the juniors. I hope you all the best for the rest of the season. And hopefully I get to see you guys in the finals. Any last words before we sign off? Uh, I think that's that's it. Thanks for having me, and it was it was my pleasure to be in the show. And I hope we see you in the summer. It was a great honor to have you. Thank you for your participation. Thank you, man. It was nice to catch up and share some thoughts around the sport we both love. Let me know what you think of these guest episodes, since I would really appreciate some feedback to improve this show even more going forward. Or if you just want to chime in, hit me up on my social media, which can be found in the description. I would love to hear some of your thoughts. I don't have much else to say at this point, so hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, remember to leave a rating for this podcast on Spotify. There is a five-star challenge going on and all voters will be added to a grand prize lottery. So remember to participate to that if you haven't already. Just kidding, there ain't no lotteries, but I would really appreciate it if you left a rating for the podcast since that really helps this podcast to grow and to get noticed. And once that happens, you can say that you have been part of it. And so some credit belongs to you as well. Go at least hit the follow button on the platform you are using and go follow the podcast on Instagram at the drop underscore pass to support 
the journey. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means a world to me. I'm signing off. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Until next time. All right.